Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Charles. Today we have part 5 of The Wonderful Sheep, and we left off earlier this week with a confrontation between a king and a fairy that loved him very much. The king will become the king of the sheep, and the fairy regrets. I'm sure has something to do with it, don't you think? Well, let's find out. Today, in part five of The Wonderful Sheep. Madame Rogat, said I, when one is at the bottom of a pit where one has fully expected to be roasted alive, it is impossible to think of asking such a charming person as you are to marry one. I beg that you will set me at liberty, and then I shall hope to answer you fittingly. Ah, said she, if you really loved me, you would not care where you were. A cave, a wood, a foxhole, a desert would please you equally well. Do not think that you can deceive me. You fancy you are going to escape, but I assure you that you are going to stay here. And the first thing I shall give you to do will be to keep my sheep. They are very good company and speak quite as well as you do. As she spoke, she advanced and led me to this plain where we now stand and showed me her flock, but I paid little attention to it or to her. To tell the truth, I was so lost in admiration of her beautiful slave that I forgot everything else, and the cruel ragots perceiving this turned upon her so furious and terrible a look that she fell lifeless to the ground. At this dreadful sight I drew my sword and rushed at Ragat, and should certainly have cut off her head, she not used her magic arts, chained me to the spot on which I stood. All my efforts to move were useless, and at last, when I threw myself down on the ground in despair, she said to me with a scornful smile, I intend to make you feel my power. It seems that you are a lion at present. I mean you to be a sheep. So saying, she touched me with her wand, and I became what you see. I did not lose the power of speech or of feeling the misery of my present state. For five years, she said, you shall be a sheep and lord of this pleasant land, while I, no longer to be able to see your face which I loved so much, shall be better able to hate you as you deserve to be hated. She disappeared as she finished speaking, and if I had not been too happy to care about anything, I should have been glad that she was gone. The talking sheep received me as their king, and told me that they too were unfortunate princes who had, in different ways, offended the revengeful fairy, and had been added to her flock for a certain number of years, some more, some less. From time to time, indeed, one regains his own proper form and goes back again to his place in the upper world. But the other beings whom you saw are the rivals or the enemies of Ragot whom she has imprisoned for a hundred years or so, though even they will go back at last. The young slave of whom I told you is one of these. I have seen her often, and it has been a great pleasure to me. She never speaks to me, and if I went nearer to her, I know I should find her only a shadow, which would be very annoying. However, I noticed that one of my companions in misfortune was also very attentive to this little sprite, and I found out that he had been her lover, whom the cruel Ragat had taken away from her long before. Since then I have cared for, 
and thought of nothing but how I might regain my freedom. I have often been into the forest, that is where I have seen you, lovely princess, sometimes driving your chariot, which you did with all the grace and skill in the world, sometimes riding to the chase on so spirited a horse that it seemed as if no one but yourself could have managed it, and sometimes running races in the plain with the princesses of your court, running so lightly that it was you always who won the prize. Oh, princess, I have loved you so long, and yet... How dare I tell you of my love? What hope can there be for an unhappy sheep like myself? Miranda was so surprised and confused by all that she had heard, she hardly knew what answer to give the king of the sheep. But she managed to make some kind of little speech, which certainly did not forbid him to hope, and said that she should not be afraid of the shadows now that she knew that they would one day come to life again. Alas, she continued, if my poor Patipata, my dear Grabigon, and the pretty little Tintin who all died for my sake were equally well off, I should have nothing left to wish for here. Prisoner, though he was, the king of the sheep still had some powers and privileges. Go, said he to his master of the horse. Go and seek the shadows of the little black girl, the monkey, and the dog. They will amuse our princess. And an instant afterwards Miranda saw them coming towards her, and their presence gave her the greatest pleasure, though they did not come near enough for her to touch them. The king of the sheep was so kind and amusing, and loved Miranda so dearly, that at last she began to love him too. Such a handsome sheep, who was so polite and considerate, could hardly fail to please, especially if one knew that he was really a king and that his strange imprisonment would soon come to an end. So the princess's days passed very gaily while she waited for the happy time to come. The king of the sheep, with all the help of all the flock, got up balls, concerts, and hunting parties, and even the shadows joined in all the fun, and came, making believe to be their own real selves. And that is part five of The Wonderful Sheep. And we get all of the backstory of the King of the Sheep and the horrible fairy that seems to be behind everything. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.